Hi, and welcome back to Bridget and Bitches. Today we're talking all about episode two of season two. My name's Christina. And I'm Natalie. And today we're going to look at this episode in a few parts. So we're going to look at our best bits, our eye roll moments, the shockers, predictions, questions we might have for each other. And we're going to finish off by reflecting on last episode and some of the responses that we had. Great. And just a little reminder, if you look at the link in our bio, we've gone on to buy me a coffee. So if you are enjoying this podcast and you want to help support us uh, with the hosting costs, do click on that link and buy us a coffee. Cool. So where should we start? We're going to start with best bits, aren't we? Yes. So what was your first best bit of season one, episode two, which the title for this one, I translated from Spanish because I was watching in Spanish to um, let's get started. But turns out in English, it's off to the races. So I clearly have some more learning to do. But yeah, that's weird. They translated it to that. Maybe it's supposed to be a metaphor then. Maybe, or I may have got it wrong, but it would be interesting if anyone else was watching this episode in another language, what that was translated to, the title. So that would be curious. Cool. So um, I think my first best bit I've got is Colin finally returns and he walks into the room um, and he's greeting all his family. But did you not pick up on the way he looked at Penelope? Like he was looking at her as if he kind of had feelings for her. And I thought that's where this was going to go. Yeah, so I just need to press pause a second on the first bit. Colin returns, hubba hubba, he looking fine. He's tan, Do you really- <laughs> he's got a beard-ish. I was like, oh, who is that? Did you, I mean, when he first appeared, did you know who he was? Yeah, he does look different. Granted, I know we're saying Anthony looks quite different, but I think he looks a bit fuller in the face. He's got a little bit of kind of stubble going on, but yeah. I've never really been that into, into Colin. Yes, you have. I cannot believe you blanked this out. So you used to have such a thing for him because you thought it was cute no. how he was like a virgin. <laughs> no, we played the game uh, Shag, Marry, Avoid. And I just said out of all three brothers, he's the most kind of marriageable because he's the most loyal and trustworthy. But he's also pretty boring, I think. Right. OK. And is he still boring now that he's come back from the grand tour? Yeah. And even Eloise is like, oh, my God, Colin, you're boring me with all your stories about traveling. She's so savage. So I did love this scene and you're absolutely right. He goes to hug everyone and he sees Penelope. And I was wondering, as he's hugging his family members, do you think he's trying to work out whether or not he should hug her? Or is he not thinking about that? That's what I thought would be really cute is if he did actually go and hug her and it was awkward, but he didn't even step towards her. So, But he looked at her differently. I thought he looked at her with a bit of anticipation and I felt like, he was fascinated by her, like he was seeing her for the first time. And Penelope does go to to move. I was trying to work mm. out if he was looking at her like a brother looks at his sister. And I really don't think he does. I really thought that no. he liked her. What, was that your vibe as well? A hundred percent. The way he looked at her when he walked into that room as if he was just so, yeah, mesmerized by her. And I was like, oh, it's going to begin the love story. Which, I'm sorry, is pretty predictable and I'm not like that excited about. Well, we don't know what's going to happen. And if her true identity gets revealed, that could be a bit of an issue. Mm. I had a theory that he might fancy her because when she's writing to him, she's in her really confident, maybe lady um, whistledown vibe. Because when, her, when she writes, that seems to be when she's in full flow, she's confident, she's sassy. And it's when you meet mm. her in person, she's really self what's that word self-effacing self-effacing yeah and really unconfident and I think maybe he does fall in love with her through the letters because she's like her real true self and then when he sees her he's like boom that's what I that's what I interpreted definitely their first scene um seen as uh, and there's another scene that I've put as my best bit including those two so later on when they're at the races um Penelope like tries to fake accidentally bumping into Colin which I thought mm. was really really cute um and it's really awkward but I was just kind of wanted to say how awful her dress is and it kind of oh I just really want to see her in a different outfit not like a garish orangey pinky flowery dress um what did you think of that scene um I thought it was okay I didn't really notice the dress so much I I thought it was okay um I wouldn't say it fell into my best bit, though. 
I guess it shows that she can be quite um, clever when she wants to be. She wants to get close to Colin, so she's uh, yeah, she's got some skills, hasn't she? That she's really learnt from Mama Featherington. And maybe a little bit manipulative because it was it's a little bit manipulative, isn't it? Like she should know Colin well enough now to just be able to walk up to him and start a conversation. Um, yeah, especially because they've been having this correspondence with each other. Mm. I feel like there were two Penelopes. I think that's what I was trying to say earlier. I feel like there's a really confident, sassy, observant um, Penelope, and she expresses that through her writing. And then there's a really unconfident, uncertain Penelope, like with her real life face to face interaction. She's like a totally different person. Yeah, I think you're right. She's she's definitely. Yeah, she's almost like two people, isn't she? As, mm. as Lady Whistledown. What mm. else was next on your best bits? So my first best bit, so the Collins return was my second best bit. The first bet, best bit, bit of a tongue twister, I like the juxtaposition of Kate talking about how she wants her sister to marry for love. And then that was contrasting with Anthony's discussion around I'm marrying for duty, every woman has a thorn. And I liked that because it shows how they both really are very quite stubborn um Anthony cares for his family and that's why he wants to marry well and Kate cares for her sister and that's why she wants her sister to have true love so I like the similarities between them and we did touch on that in the last episode didn't we yeah but what annoys me is that she's so bloody hypocritical I had to stop myself swearing there it really bothers me how she's like to Danbury oh yeah well I hate um Mr uh, Mr Bridgerton because he's just marrying for duty um and I'm like, hang on, you've brought your sister to London. You are vetting every single guy she marries and they have to be of a good position, a good status in society and have lots of money. That is duty and contractual and a transactional relationship. You're not you're not first concern is your sister falling in love. And I just thought you're doing exactly the same. And it really annoyed me that she couldn't see how hypocritical that was. And Lady Danbury does call her up on that. I don't get it. What do you mean? Sorry what like everything I just yeah. said <laughs> yeah I didn't get it like how is she hypocritical because she's saying that she wants her sister to marry for love and it's not duty but I don't see that at all they're spending their whole time getting Lady Danbury to introduce them to very very wealthy titled men and she has a criteria list that has to be fulfilled that's not love she's I there for that short time to to organize that transactional kind of contract which a marriage so I think she's being really hypocritical yeah I get it now I think I had a bit of sunstroke because I was in the sun earlier so I blanked out um no you're right if you want your sister to find true love okay then it doesn't it shouldn't matter that she marries mm. a man in good standing go to the local farm and let her fall in love with the farmer if that's really exactly I get what you're saying now that's totally true so yeah that's a good point so was that your so that wasn't a best bit for you that was sounds like a bit of an eye roll moment for you yeah um one of my best bits was when lady bridgerton realizes that anthony is not at all interested in a love match and he's very cynical he's not at all romantic which i suppose is the opposite of her and she tries to speak to him about it and she just looks very very disappointed in him Mm. and i liked that i was like finally she's realizing that her children aren't perfect (laughs) Oh, I wonder if Anthony, I wonder how Anthony feels about that. It does push him to action though, doesn't it? That's when he goes to Benedict and's like, help me write a poem. So, yeah, so this whole poem thing, I, I liked it and then it got a bit cringy. But what I'm struggling with is they're acting like Anthony has never been in love. And to mm. me, him and Sienna's relationship was very passionate and he loved her with a passion. Mm. So I'm kind of like, why are they acting like Anthony is incapable of being in love with somebody? Are they aware of that relationship with Sienna though? Yeah, but even Anthony himself is kind of acting. Oh, I guess I didn't see it that way. I thought everybody was kind of including Anthony, like, oh, I've never felt love before. And I was thinking, I don't think that's true. But maybe you're right. Maybe it's more that everyone else thinks he's not capable of love. Yeah, they. His mum knows that he had a bit of a thing for that opera singer lady. Um, has Anthony? Again, has sorry, Anthony go on. said that he's never been in love. Then I didn't catch that. 
well, I think that's how they've made this whole episode appear. And even when he's speaking to Daphne in the library, um, she's describing love and he's looking at her like, oh, what does it feel like? As if he's never felt it. And then when Benedict is reading the poetry and talking about love, Anthony's acting like, again, really ignorant, like, as if he doesn't know what love is. And I'm kind of thinking but the whole of the series of him and Sienna would say differently. Did you, did you um, not pick up on that? No, unless actually he's beginning to realise that what he had for Sienna wasn't love. Because that's actually why Sienna broke up with him, isn't it? Because he was trying to, he said to her, like, I won't marry and you can be my mistress. And that dynamic was, you'll be my mistress. Maybe what he's starting to realise is that maybe he wasn't in love with Sienna. He was infatuated with her. Hmm. Maybe we can ask our listeners. So if you come onto our Facebook page, let us know. Was Anthony really in love with Sienna or was it just passion or lust? In my opinion, I felt like he was really, really in love with her. And that's why I'm surprised how they're acting in series two. But let us know what you think. That's a good question. Yeah, make a note of that question, Chris, so we can post it on Facebook. Okay, so my next best bet was Anthony at the horse races. He manipulates the situation so that I think is it Lord Somerset feels the need to get Edwina a drink, some lemonade. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was a little bit cheeky that Lord Somerset doesn't turn to Kate and say, oh, would you like a lemonade too? It was almost like she truly, really is invisible, which I didn't like. That can't be nice for Kate to feel that way. But I did like this whole Anthony being quite manipulative, being like a cheeky chappy. Um, So I thought it was quite funny. I liked how they didn't let us in on the kind of thing that he pulled on Kate as as the audience that he basically got that guy to ask her out and to sit with her and she looked kind of surprised um mm. I liked that it turned out Anthony was just asking that guy to do that and you could tell Kate was a bit hurt by that yeah. it was mean it was a mean thing to do but again he's just playing the game yeah so that was quite a nice twist well that ties into my next favorite moment which was the fact that Kate um she's very clever and I think he's Lord Dorset is the man that sits next to Kate. He says something about knowing Anthony since Oxford and she just clicks straight away. Mm. And she just realises what, what Anthony has done. So I liked her cleverness in figuring out what had happened. Um, I also thought it was quite funny how cheeky Anthony is because when the guy comes back, Lord Somerset comes back with the lemonade, I think he was called Lord, Lord Somerset, he just... Lord Somerset's holding lemonade, one for himself, presumably, and one for Edwina. And Anthony just reaches over and grabs the cup out of out of ah, Lord Somerset's hand. And I was like, you cheeky, you cheeky chappy, like very manipulative. And and also Lord Somerset is is like, oh, you know, Anthony, I love you. Like he's fawning over Anthony. Yeah. Anthony's clearly a man in high standing, so he he's got the upper hand, hasn't he? I thought it was really gross how the men were just fawning over him because he's mm. like Anthony Bridgerton. I really didn't like that. And I can imagine that would have really got on Kate's nerves because oh, yeah, he is she... acting like a bit of a douche. Yeah, no, she must have hated that. And he acted almost like he was a clown, like the way he, he sits down, he almost falls over and he puts his head, his mm. hand on his head. And it was something really Charlie, Cha- Charlie Chaplin about it. Like it was a game for him. Like he's just, he's like, he's playing a part. He's not letting himself get emotionally. It's just a bit of fun, isn't it, for him? I think this is what I struggled with, how different he is from Mm. season one. Anthony was very intense and serious. Mm. Um, Season two, Anthony, so far, is just so different. Yeah. Um, And yeah, like that comic element that we haven't seen before. And I'm just like, it's like he's a different person. Yeah. Um, Something else that I thought was a favourite is I loved it when Colin, Benedict and Anthony are fencing. So they're sword fighting Mm. and they're just acting like brothers. And it's really nice to see the three of them just hang out and do something like that, because I feel like in series one, we didn't see that very much. Yeah. And it just had that really nice, they're just focusing a bit more on that brotherly bond. And I think that's because this series kind of looks back into the past a bit doesn't it like with the dad and stuff so I really like that and I want to see that more I want to see them bonding more as brothers yeah I think that is nice I'm glad that they had a bit of brother time and I think the purpose of that episode was to highlight Anthony's competitive nature because before in season one I don't think we do we see much of Anthony's competitive nature and it also whilst they're doing that scene 
it shows how similar Anthony and Kate are again because the way he's describing her the way that I remember it the brothers are like does that remind you of anyone we know they're trying to highlight their similarities again is that what you got from this scene um I didn't from this scene I got that more from when they were playing croquet um I thought they were making that really clear then I didn't actually notice it in this scene you've said a couple of things now either you've watched season three or I wasn't paying attention in season two but I don't remember Daphne talking to Anthony in the library in season two and I don't remember them playing croquet in, in episode oh my god you know what I did because I did watch episode three because I thought we were doing two episodes so yes. let's just pretend that didn't happen yeah you spoil everything for me <laughs> I thought I was going to be crazy. fair oh my god that's so funny um cool so Anthony turns up at the Sharma sister's house, Lady Danbury's house, which is actually the Holborn Museum in Bath. And um, he brings a horse as a gift, which I thought was insane because that is such an expensive gift. Mm. And Kate is smiling because she knows she's about to show him up, isn't she? And basically she shows him up by saying, my sister's not interested in horses. Mm. Um, And it was a little bit awkward, wasn't it? What did you think? Yeah, it was awkward. And I felt a bit bad for him, but it was a bit presumptuous just to bring a horse. And I did think it was quite funny when it turns out that actually when Edwina said that she has like it, one of the horses reminded her of her little horse. She was referring to a pony in a novel, a love story. Mm. I do actually have a separate section here for moments where I cringed because for me, there were quite a lot of cringe moments. And actually, for me, this was a bit of a cringe moment because it really highlights how young and naive Edwina is that she was mm, oh, talking yeah. about an animal that it sounds like she was talking about a pet, but it was a fictional animal from a book. And I was like, wow. And, and, and I do think throughout this episode, she was particularly doe-eyed and she seems like a little puppy. Um, so I was a little bit embarrassed for some reason in this scene. I don't know why. Yeah, um, I'm going to say something which I hope isn't too unpopular, but um, I really don't, I was going to say I don't like Edwina, but I find it very hard to either like or dislike her because she's just boring. She has zero personality. And I think because she's trying really hard to find a husband, she's acting prim and proper and polite. And she's always thinking about what she's about to say. And I just find her so bland. Yeah, she reminds me of, you know, in Pride and Prejudice, you've got Lizzie, who's like really sparkly and charismatic and like quick-witted. And then you've got Jane. I feel like Edwina is like Jane. But then I feel like, you know what? Edwina doesn't really have a chance to have a personality. Her sister reminds me a little bit of you in the nicest possible way, but she's got a lot of character. Her sister is very very strong-willed and I do feel a little bit like maybe Edwina feels a bit trampled like she maybe she's feeling a bit suffocated here she can't do anything without her sister barging in and that must be really frustrating for her are you projecting there I'm totally (laughs) projecting how sister dynamics are coming out now (laughs) but do you know Um, what I mean it must be hard for Edwina as well yeah I just she just acts to me like maybe a Disney princess, you know, yes, like yes. smiles and flatters her eyelids and says kind things that are very bland. And of course, my Lord, and I'd make a wonderful wife. And I just think, yeah. oh, my God, like just I want to inject some personality into her. But yeah, maybe we'll see that. Maybe we'll because at the end of this episode, we see her basically saying to Kate, look, what Anthony just did was actually really like gentlemanly. He was honest. Just and that's a quality that our father really like heralded if that's mm. the right word and then she basically stands up to Kate and says let me get on with it so maybe we will start to see her assert herself a little bit now mm, yeah maybe um I've yeah just going back to Colin and Penn because I've got this on my best bits here later on the list mm. um Colin begins talking to Penelope she says something like um, did you meet somebody when you were away Colin because you said you didn't feel lonely or something and he starts saying that he got to know somebody he didn't know very well and then he realized that that person knew him better than anyone else. and I was like oh my god oh my god he's talking yeah. about Penelope because he's talking about her letters yeah. and I was like oh my god Colin and you can see Penelope's getting her hopes up and I was like he's such a tease because then yeah. he's like 
it was myself and I was like Colin did you not know how that sounded like oh my god I'm sorry Chris but I well we'll talk about the dynamic between these two at the end of the episode because we're going to spend some time talking about you know what our thoughts were last episode and what this episode showed us but but yeah it's like she's invisible really isn't it um, and I think she feels invisible. And there are a couple mm. of um, cringe scenes that I'm going to come up with in a moment that really reinforce that. But he's just oblivious to her, which is a shame because I really thought when he returned, he really did it like he'd seen her in a different line. But he was a massive tease here, absolutely. Yeah. What did so... you think? So Anthony completely gate crashes the party that he wasn't invited to, doesn't he, at Lady Danbury's? Mm hmm. And he has this poetry that Benedict wrote mm. and he's reading it out. And then he realizes he does this whole thing. I'm in two minds because I think when he screws up the poem and he's like, you know what? I'm not being honest. That's not my poetry. I'm going to be real. I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. But also you're also not being real because you're only wanting to court this girl because the queen named her the, the diamond. Mm. Um I, I had really mixed feelings about that whole scene because I was like, you're pretending sincerity when you're not. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I didn't like, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I liked that he realised he was not being sincere. What I liked is when he mentions the poem about honour, he looks at Kate. Yeah, why did he do he, that? I don't know. And then he falters. And then he rolls it up. So that was weird to me. And I don't know if it's because she is supposed to be like a female version of him that seeing her watching him, I, I don't know. Why do you think? Ah, or maybe, maybe he was thinking Kate would be able to see through him because she's constantly kind of putting a mirror up to him and saying, you're not sincere, you're not good enough. Mm. Maybe he was looking at her thinking she's going to be able to tell. Or actually, maybe, yeah, maybe that she's able to tell, but also I'm proving that she's right. Mm. Everything she says about me, if I read this poem out, she's absolutely right. I don't have any honour. So in a way, she's making him be a better person. That old trope. Oh, we've never had the storyline before, have we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so she is basically like Elizabeth Benetting him and he's like Mr Darcy because she's like helping him to be a better person isn't she mm. um, yeah that was all my best bits did you have anything else oh man I've got I've got a couple more I'm gonna have to go mm -hmm. and rewind the timeline a little bit because one of the best bits happened in the horse racing scene mm -hmm. I like the horse race scene because it felt like they were equals I don't feel like he was trying to flirt with her I felt like he was talking to her as if he would a mate and I, I especially, although this bit made me cringe, I kind of liked how they were bantering. And she was explaining to him how yeah. he hadn't picked the best horse. And I I liked it. Um, I just liked that they were talking to each other as equals without the flowery, fluffy, bane, banal, is that a word? Like the banality. Banality. Like, yeah, I, I like was that. thinking about this and I was thinking... Kate can completely be herself around him because she doesn't have to impress him she doesn't have to court him she doesn't have to have any airs and graces she can just be herself and that's refreshing and that's what he's attracted to as opposed to Edwina who can't do any of those things I will say I found it really cringy when um Kate was like whistling and like whooping and putting her arms up in the air like she was at a football match and I was just like yeah and Anthony was doing it too and we're just like oh my god look how similar and competitive they are and I was a bit like I was just a bit cringy because I just felt like it was a bit much. I want to come back to the cringy moments in a minute because there were a few in this episode. But yeah, no, yeah. I see what you're saying. It was like a mixed a mixed bag. So it was the best bit, but also a little bit cringy. Um, mm. My other favourite bit, I cannot believe this has not come up for you. I'm so excited by this new storyline. The banter between Eloise and the newspaper boy, Theo. So Eloise basically gets in a carriage and she figures out that she knows oh, the yeah. print house um, where um, Lady Whistledown goes to get her, her, her leaflets, her pamphlets printed. And we meet a guy called Theo, which I call the newspaper boy. 
and she's being all tweety-tweety and they've got really good banter and I really like his like the way he maintained eye contact I, I really liked his energy um and he ends up giving Eloise a leaflet about women's rights because she just assumes that he I don't know what she assumes that he's some sort of unintelligible unintelligent um knows nothing about society and he actually gives her this woman's right leaflet and I was like yeah Eloise actually so he surprised her he made her a little bit flustered uh, and I like that she could just talk to him as if she was talking to anyone because we know that Eloise isn't well suited with the whole flowery poetic prose between man and woman in like the the setting that she's brought up in do you know what I mean so I really like the banter between her and this guy Theo what did you think about that I didn't like it (gasps) because I thought she just came across as really aggressive and quite rude and challenging and uh, preachy. And I didn't think it was called for. I thought you meant, sorry, when you first said that, I noticed in season one, there's a little bit of chemistry between her and the coachman, the man that drives the coach. And he was protecting her on this journey to the newspaper guy. Mm -hmm. And I predicted before this series came out that they would get together and I'm still saying that that's my prediction um but yeah it's interesting that you love that I get what you mean that he's actually challenging her and he's like okay if you want to be a feminist you should read some feminist stuff then Mm -hmm. but so I just thought she came across as rude she was a little bit rude and I guess she doesn't really know how to talk to guys and I was kind of surprised Mm -hmm. she even talked to him I mean I don't know if this is the first man she's ever spoken to outside of her family before because she's only just come out in society hasn't she so maybe guess, she just felt a little bit anxious. I guess she's talking to him like how she would talk to her brothers. Yeah. If you think about it, she talks to her brothers like that. Yeah. She she's can be been, quite like rude to them. So She's quite over-familiar. That was my other favourite bit as well. So when she gets out of the carriage and then, well, just what should we call him? Carriage guy. And then yeah. carriage guy is like, this is a really dangerous place. And then she was like, here's the rest of your money. And then he, she walks away and he does like a little smile. And then the same thing happens when her and Theo are engaging in this banter. She says something and Carriage Man does a little smile. So at the beginning of that scene, I was like, oh, my God, like Carriage Man and Eloise are going to happen. They're a thing. And then I was like, OMG, Newspaper Boy and Eloise are a thing. And then I was like, this is going to be a love triangle. Yes, I think. Yeah, I would like to see a love triangle. Yes. And I really... Because I don't know if anyone's ever watched Downton Abbey, but there's a really cool, um, there's a nice little love story between Sybil, who's the youngest daughter, and she's into women's rights too. And she hooks up with this Irish, um, the guy that, that drives the little mm. car. So I was like, ooh, this could be cute. I like that, that setup. Yeah, uh, you might have called that. So um, one of my other little best bits is the waiting lady at the, lady, at the Featherington household fancies the new lord featherington and i swear yeah. she bites her lip did you see that <laughs> and she says something no. like oh he's got such a nice smile and i was like yeah. oh keep it in your pants <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um, i get you okay i have two more favorite bits and i'm kind of shocked that you haven't mentioned these i wonder if mm-hmm. actually you didn't like them my first favorite bit or best bit has got to be Anthony has won his prize. He has the attention of Edwina. They're drinking. And what does he do? He looks towards Kate and she looks towards him and they share their first moment. Now, my question for you is, what do you think he's thinking? Well, I just put it under shockers because I just think it's really silly. And this happens a lot in dramas where you're talking to somebody And then one of the characters will just look past the person that's talking to them into the distance behind them to someone else. And Mm -hmm. the other person never notices. And it really gets on my nerves. It's like he did it for so long. Mm -hmm. And Edwina somehow just isn't supposed to notice. Um, So that was, yeah, I, I didn't really like it as a moment. I don't really know why he was staring at her. Was it because he was happy that she was giving him a chance? I don't know. I don't know she had like tears in her eyes and I I got a sense of sadness and then let's move on to shockers because this does move over quite nicely to shockers I had a shocking revelation in this moment the way that she was looking at him I was like OMG I'm seriously questioning actually 
how much of her resistance to Anthony was because she thinks he's inappropriate. I and then in that moment I was like, OMG, I think actually 80% of the reason why she didn't want Anthony and the sister together was because she fancies him and she realizes in that moment that she likes him. That was my vibe. What do you think? Hmm. I don't think she realizes that yet. I think it's too soon for her to even think that. But the way she was looking at him, she had tears in her eyes. What was that about? I didn't even notice the tears, to be honest. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure now. Were they more glistening? I swear. Maybe they they were just glistening in the candlelight. Or was it anger? Because doesn't she storm out shortly after? Is is that the bit? Yeah, she does storm out shortly. And Lady Danbury follows her. Maybe it's because she's lost. Maybe she's upset because she feels like she's failed her sister. Maybe she... Because we talked about how we think she got burnt in the past. Maybe she got Mm. burnt by someone like Anthony and she's trying to protect her sister from falling into the same trap. And she's looking at them two now thinking, I failed my sister. She's screwed, basically. I think she was just really, really angry that Anthony won. And she's competitive because then she storms out and Lady Danbury has to come after her, right? And Lady Danbury's like, you need to calm down. Remember? Oh, okay. So maybe she was angry. Yeah, because um, isn't it then when they have that conversation where Kate's like, I'm, I just, I'm happy to be alone. I don't want to be with anybody. And Lady Danbury's like, it's sad and sneaky for a 26-year-old woman to say that. Yeah. And I, what I really liked then was when Kate says to her, well, you are alone and you seem more than happy. Mm. And Lady Danbury is like, excuse me, and gets really defensive. And I was a bit like, why did she get so defensive? And that's when she explains to Kate that I am a widow. I have lived my life and that's why I'm happy. That's Mm. not what you're about to do. And if you're not careful, you won't ever be like me because you've got to live first. Which I kind of liked. It sounds like you, my friend, are a convert. You have converted to to Team Danbury. And I'm going to come back to that later. But no, you're right. I But then it goes to show that actually Kate does seem to admire Lady Danbury if she wants to be like her. Or is Lady Danbury just making a massive presumption like, oh, want to be like me? And I'm like, who said anything about wanting to be like you? Awkward. Because Kate said she wants to be alone. And then she was like, well, you seem happy alone. So I kind of made the connection, but maybe that is a little bit of a leap. Um, yeah, or it's just Kate being defensive again. Yeah, I don't know. See, this is another question we're going to have to post on our group. Was Kate angry that she'd lost to Anthony, or was she sad because maybe she feels like she failed, or maybe she's sad because she was like, oh, shit, I got the hots for him. No, that, I really, I'm not getting that no. vibe. I think she actually almost hates him. I hope so. I think she's angry. I want there to be more anger and more hate. If they're going to end up together, I think we need there to be a little bit more anger and hate in order for them coming together to feel more of a victory. Mm, Um, I know what you mean. What were your other shockers? My other shocker was pretty mild, but Penelope's confident. She's in the market and the guys are, oh, that's a tenner, love. She's like, I'll give you five. And I was like, I love how different Penelope is. And it was mm. shocking in a good way. It, that could have fallen under my best bit. But I want her to be more like that. And I was a little bit shocked how she's her confidence is so low that it's uncomfortable to watch. And that comes back in, up in the cringe moments. But, yeah, I was shocked by the fact that she I was cheeky enough to offer the guy half of what he actually wanted. I thought that was quite funny as well. Do you mean her confidence around her unconfidence around Colin in particular is shocking, no. surprising? Oh. Everyone, no one can compliment oh. her without her assuming that they're taking the piss. Ah, that's so we'll a good come point. back to that later because it was it was really cringy for me personally to watch her be like that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good but, point. Whenever someone says nice dress, she's like, ha ha, very funny, and they're like no it's a nice dress um under my shocker is it's again with her having a conversation with Colin and it was really really harsh and um he says I've sworn off women women and then she goes you've sworn off women I'm a woman (laughs) and then he goes but your pen you do not count and I was like whoa omfg you might as well have just slapped her across the face that was so harsh and Mm. it completely 
destroyed any bit of that hope of him coming back and looking at her the way he did and stuff and I was just like oh wow okay I guess I was way off the mark yeah yeah I think well harsh and then did you notice she just slips back up against the wall and becomes the wallflower again because he's just completely knocked her for sex and I just thought oh my god that's so mean did her dress match the wallpaper in any way god I doubt it because it's always so garish only because that would have been really clever of the costume department to have done that because it would have literally been like she feels invisible overlooked Mm. like she's a chameleon she just blends into the background which is why she makes a good lady whistle down no one notices her so at some point Penelope is gonna need to have that moment where she's like I'm here and that will be when she gets interest from people but that mm. basically kills her dream, doesn't it? That 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 moment. Oh yeah, it was awful. And it's almost like Marina said to her in season one, she was like, Colin sees you as nothing more but a little sister. Nothing more, and he never will. And that was like, wow, Marina really, really got that right. She nailed it. She was right. She nailed it. Mm. And to be fair, she did say something along the lines of, you know, I'm trying to help you because living in a fantasy, yeah. I mean what? How many how many years has Penelope been living yeah. under this ideal? that one day he'll see her yeah and like I was talking to someone else about it and they were like oh my god I really hate the way um Penelope mopes around Colin and kind of follows him like a little lost puppy you know with wide eyes always wanting wanting to be in his company and she's almost like a bit like Penelope like come on yeah she reminds me of Ginny around Harry Potter and Harry Potter Mm. only notices Ginny when she kind of grows a pair and does her own thing so yeah maybe this is what's going to have to happen for Penelope it was quite brave of her to say to Colin oh but you know I am a woman Colin like that's not something I would I'd be far too embarrassed to kind of to say that so I was like fair play Penelope I guess the answer was pretty brutal it was pretty brutal I didn't think of her saying it meaning to be like oh I'm a woman as in I could be a love interest I just thought she was saying it in a kind of I'm a woman and we're going to be friends. So you're not sworn off all women because we have a friendship. But it's like he didn't even recognise it as a friendship. I think, yeah, he really does Mm. see her as like an add-on to the family. I mean, she is his little sister's friend, first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. What else were in your shockers? Because that's pretty much all of mine. That's all of mine too. I mean, I guess we don't talk about the fact that the dressmaker, so we talked about, We'll talk about this in a little bit more detail, but the dressmaker, um, what's her name? Sorry, Delacroix. Yeah. She sees um, mm. she sees Penelope in the market, but Penelope freaks out. Why would seeing Penelope in the market be bad, do you think? Because she was kind of acting like, I know it's a shit disguise, but she, she was quite clearly trying to hide. And she was in a part of town that was, I think, a bit rough. It wasn't someone in her class shouldn't be unsupervised or unaccompanied in an area of the town like that. So straight away, it was a bit suspicious. Um, but yeah, she could have at least, I don't know, she made it so obvious when she just turned around and like legged it, didn't she? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you've probably actually made it more, you could have been quite clever there and said that you were lost or. I thought it was, Yeah. I liked how um, I think she, that she's quite trustworthy, isn't she, Madame de la Croix? I think she's quite good at hopefully keeping her mouth shut, but she must be really scared. For a There's place, something I've got. That was my French accent attempt. <laughs> it's something I've got under eye roll, but I'm going to add it because we're talking about shockers. No? Or was there Just, something else? You there was to? one more shocker, and I don't know why this didn't make it in my original list, but for me, it was pretty shocking end of the episode the queen has had images made of all the suspected yeah and and what was she basically did she have a spy in the ballroom and then she got someone to take an account of everyone who talked to the diamond is that what happened yeah which is a little bit silly because I imagine most women yeah there'd be loads more yeah Um, and why not men why didn't why can't it be a man who's right oh yeah hang on at what point did the queen decide it was a woman that's a good point I can't oh well she is called Lady Whistledown I don't think any man would love to has pen name to be Lady Whistledown although there are plenty of incidences in the past where women um change their name to be gender neutral 
so that people didn't know that it was female. Even more recently, J.K. Rowling, um, yeah. you don't know if that's a man or a female. So you could argue, what well, if a guy doesn't want to be found out, you change gender. I mean, that'd be a great way around it. That would be. And I don't think Eloise never thought about that when she was investigating who's Whistledown. She never once said, oh, hang on, maybe it's a guy pretending to be a woman. But I just think, yeah, the concept. Yeah. Doesn't she? Doesn't she joke around in season one? She's on the swing and... um what's his face benedict oh no benedict asked her if she's lady whistledown i swear i think maybe she did you know maybe she did consider if it was a guy i can't remember not sure um one of my little eye rolls i don't want to sound like i'm hating on edwina <laughs> but um Too late. during the lady <laughs> during the lady danbury party where everyone had to come and entertain Edwina and she sat on the sofa between two women in a little party dress and she's clapping and I was looking at her and I was like you're everyone's treating you like a spoiled little princess on their sixth birthday Mm. I I just really didn't like it and I was like oh it's so pathetic that everyone's got to come and impress the diamond it's like what has she done what has she done to be styled the diamond of the season, have all this attention accolade poured onto her and all these people kind of bowing to her? And I'm like, what has she done? Because she doesn't really have a personality. Like, I like that she reads. I think she's intelligent and she likes to read. That's great. Um, she's not vapid or anything. But did you pick up on that or am I just being a bit harsh? I think you're being a little bit harsh because... Daphne also didn't do anything remarkable to be named the diamond and we said exactly the same thing about her she wasn't there was nothing about her that was really that um that I don't really know why she got identified as the diamond of the season but I do agree with you that I do feel like there's a childishness to Edwina that I think they've done on purpose to highlight the difference between her and her sister and the fact that okay. Anthony would be bored with her. But I do agree. The way that she was acting, she was like a little kid at a party. Um, yeah. And it's hard to begrudge her that because, yeah. But I do agree that and we later find out, don't we, from the Queen, that actually she picked Edwina as the diamond because Edwina's a newcomer. And she knows that there needs to be new gossip, fresh gossip for Lady Whistledown. Oh, right. Okay. I think I might have missed that. But, um, play. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose the only other eye roll is, I had two eye rolls, so I guess I feel like the relationship between Edwina and Kate reminds me of a dog and its owner. I feel like Edwina was called to heal. I just oh. feel like Edwina's not being given a voice or personality. Her sister's sort of steamrolling her. Um, mm. And she just, I don't, yeah, I just feel like, I feel a bit bad for Edwina. I hope that she's given the chance to shine. I want to see a little bit more about yeah, her I want to get to know her better I don't want her to be used as just a pawn as part of a wider love story I think she deserves a little bit more I've got a prediction about someone that I think she might hook up with actually later okay because I think it's set up to suggest that her and Anthony aren't going to get together might be wrong there might be like a triple twist um the only other eye roll I had was what you said earlier Anthony going from this earnest genuinely deep emotionally raw sincere place of love for Sienna he's turned into this comical cocky fake goofy version of himself where he's closed himself off and he just feels like I just don't like it no I agree I miss the sensitive intense serious Anthony of season one I 100% and I picked up that in episode one I was like hmm Anthony was like probably my favorite character in series one and as you know I had a bit of a thing for him mm. I feel like that Anthony is completely gone and even the acting is is different it's mm. it's like a completely different person so mm-hmm. I guess I'm a little bit disappointed maybe I'll grow to love him again maybe maybe can we talk about our cringe moments because I was cringing so hard in this episode it was really triggering me (laughs) oh my god I hate I hate cringe I'm so sensitive to cringe what was it I don't know why I really hope I'm not the only one okay so I hated it when Penelope saw Colin at the races I know that this was your favorite bit but I hated how she kind of averted to her shy awkward uncomfortable Penelope I was like Penelope your family have gone bankrupt 
your dad died, um, you become this famous writer. And it was like all of that, everything she's been through, everything she survived, everything she's dealt with melted away. And it was like she was at school again and giggly. And I just didn't like it. And I felt like she just sort yeah. of melted into like a ball of vanilla ice cream. Like so it, just, <laughs> it killed me. I get that. And I think if you look at Colin's type, if you look at Marina, Marina was very confident and uh, headstrong and in charge and maybe that's the kind of girl he likes and that's why when he looks at Penn it's that whole trope though isn't it all the coming of age the shy girl next door becomes confident and wins the heart of the boy that always saw her as a younger sister and I swear to god if that happens with Colin and Penelope I'm just gonna be like oh god so disappointed what I would love to see is Penelope actually find a guy who well I actually for her to be confident in herself and then for a guy to see her for who she actually really is yeah and I would actually Colin I would actually really like it if Colin didn't get to have her yeah like he realized but it was too late she was already off with someone else exactly are you ready for cringe moment number two or do you have a cringe moment already like that I don't really have any Oh man, this probably says more about me then. It probably is not a cringe thing at all. So Kate and Anthony are talking and Edwina tries to interrupt, but her sister Kate talks directly over her. And then the guys sitting next to Kate also suggest that they go and take some shade. And it made me feel really awkward because I felt like Edwina felt like embarrassed or also felt like she was being ignored. And then the fact that the guy suggested that Kate take some shade made me feel embarrassed that maybe Kate was acting inappropriately and the guy was trying to reel her in. What are your thoughts? Um, but is it, was the guy offering shade because Anthony had told him to distract the sister and get her away from Edwina? So he was just doing... That was the plan, wasn't it? Okay, Anthony had instructed yeah. him to do that. Okay, so because at the time I didn't... We don't know this as the. Oh, as yeah, the yeah, yeah. Mm. At the time, I was like, oh no, like, has Kate overstepped and this guy thinks she's being inappropriate? It just made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. And I didn't, with Kate, I do think that she talked to him maybe in a very slightly cocky way, the way that she kind of, her body language does suggest that she fancies him a little bit, that the way that she kind of thrusts her chin in the air to make a point and raises her eyebrows and. The, the kind of facial gestures that she makes, I think, hmm, I don't know if you would be doing that with a guy that you truly didn't like. Do you know what I was thinking? I think there's a very fine line between banter that you have, where you're kind of jibing each other and taking the piss out of each other and kind of flirting. And you know how mm. sometimes flirting can be a little bit like banter, like you're picking, teasing that teasing and when I was watching the interaction between Anthony and Kate I was like I think that's what it is and maybe that's what's making you uncomfortable because it's like at what point does the banter become kind of flirty teasing I think that's maybe what you're picking up on yeah but I didn't get that of Anthony but I got it off her and that made me feel a bit uncomfortable Mm. because I felt like yeah you're just pretending that you don't like him I think maybe it would have been better if she just seemed a little less showy off it I felt like she was trying to show off a little bit with him the way that she describes how he's picked the wrong horse there was a smugness about her and aloofness about her yeah I mean maybe that's down to her acting style and maybe that's to do with the directing because yeah I think maybe it was written that she was just there to basically make him look stupid and to contradict him constantly which is kind of rude but Mm -hmm. she's that's what I suppose the purpose of it is like you don't know anything I'm just going to rip, rip rip a piece out of you because you're intruding on us and you're not welcome here but you're right maybe the acting and the directing is making it look more like that kind of flirty teasing I don't know because I genuinely don't want Kate to like Anthony I don't like the whole setup where the lady pretends not to like a guy and she thinks she doesn't like him but really she does I, I don't want that I want there to be an actual real I don't like this guy like I genuinely think he's a dick I'm not getting that off Kate from the way that she's acting. Anyway. I don't think you're going to be massively into this series then because I think we both know that's where it's heading, isn't it? I'm hoping it's not. I'm trying to avoid Facebook. I'm trying to avoid all spoilers. I'm hoping, yeah, we'll have to see. Um, Okay, the other thing that made me cringe, I thought it was quite, yeah, we'll talk about predictions later, sorry. Kate and Anthony, I can't even... 
okay and I'm sorry I just I just really couldn't I I, I was actually like oh when I was bomb? watching this I'm bombing no I just felt so awkward Kate and Anthony shouting at the horses and then Kate's whistling yeah this is what I was bringing up that this was probably the biggest cringe for me in the whole thing Mm. was her doing that and he was doing it right next to her and I was like come on this is literally whacking us over the head as viewers with the fact like they're so similar look how similar they are I don't need it to be this obvious and it just felt like that's not how you would have acted back then but it was shocking days, it? it was absolutely shocking he's looking at her as she's doing it and I can't figure his face out but what she did would have been completely 1000% unacceptable yeah. and that mm-hmm. gets reinforced when we when we see mama Fedrington having a go at her adorable bubbly really sweet daughter who all her daughter is doing is going yay yay and lady Fedrington is like oh you sound like a market seller and exactly and I was like, wow. So that was done to show that if what um, Philippa was doing was considered like shocking, mm. then what Kate was doing was even more so. And I even Googled, I even Googled, was whistling aloud? And it a thousand percent was not. It was considered really? extremely, extremely poor manners. So um, it was shouting, which she was doing, arguing which she was doing with Anthony and whistling were forbidden. Really? So it wasn't even that it was frowned upon. It was actually forbidden. Forbidden where, sorry? In a race course? In society. No, in general society, it just was not done. It was not done. Hmm. I mean, you could argue. I felt that as well. I felt that because I guess we watch a lot of costume dramas and we know that you just don't behave like that unless you're yeah down the docks and you're working on the you know it's that kind of level but it was actually forbidden yeah. though so it wasn't like oh it was frowned upon oh that's a little oh bit rude goodness. it was proper forbidden so she did all three of those things in a really short amount of time <laughs> and maybe that's Four why months. I was like in cringe overload like my regency brain couldn't handle it yeah um um I've just seen something on my list that I didn't notice for my eye roll why on oh, earth no. was Philip oh sorry I thought you finished with that bit no no sorry please continue um I why on earth was Philippa's wedding so under um underwhelming like they just got married in the lounge basically the dining room or whatever with like five people and I don't understand what happened there is it just because of lack of money doesn't Lady Featherington go into the study and say to the new Lord Featherington something about oh we don't want to make a big deal about it and he and doesn't he say something like oh that's a shame because weddings are glorious and you said that yeah I thought it was really weird and I am a little bit worried for Lady um, Featherington we'll get to predictions I think we should move to predictions later because I've got some yeah it sounds like you're gonna yeah I've got I'm worried about her too cool other cringe moment, Penelope can't take a compliment. I actually liked Edwina in this scene where she says to Penelope, I like your dress. And Penelope says, oh, like you're being funny. It makes me cringe because I want Penelope to learn how to accept a compliment. And I know a lot of people struggle with this. I also struggle. But it is also so cringy when you when you can't accept a compliment. And I need, I just want her to learn how to just believe in herself and just take it and I just thought that Edwina here was lovely she was really sweet and really kind and she was like no I'm being serious and I actually really liked Edwina for how she spoke to Penelope and I feel like she actually saw Penelope she was the only one that I really felt like saw Penelope you know yeah she is very kind I'll give her that I like that that felt really begrudging Chris (laughs) (laughs) um I do have one last cringe moment are we good for me just to Mm -hmm. and maybe you can help me with this as well so Kate is watching Anthony she's upset or angry we don't know yet she turns around she bumps into the butler guy and then everyone goes a bit quiet and there's like a whoa and I was like oh what was that about she looked really embarrassed like she'd done something really stupid um and then she runs off in, into the room and then she says, oh, I know that I embarrassed myself. And I was like, what? You didn't so basically, get... 
Yeah. Yeah, that that was what kind of what I was saying earlier is that she got very very angry and she wasn't able to hide that emotion in in public which she would be supposed to do and it her emotions got the better of her and she became flustered and walked out and bumped into the guy and that's why Lady Danbury followed her into the room and said you know you need to be able to control yourself because you've just embarrassed yourself but so that was just again maybe that's another comparison with Anthony you know they both were unable to control their anger Anthony's had outbursts before they're passionate maybe she's supposed to be passionate I don't get how bumping into a butler is embarrassing I'm really clumsy I bump into myself if I could like how is it bump how is that embarrassing it's it's the butler's fault isn't it (laughs) well you're not you're supposed to keep your distance from people in those days aren't you there's etiquette you keep your distance you you hold yourself properly you when you're walking you do everything in like a practice like concentrated manner as a lady it's not ladylike to rush from a room. Like she was rushing. That's why she bumped into him because she was angry. So that is true. Actually, we talked a lot about how Daphne was moved with purpose and grace. And actually, I'm just trying to think, I don't think I've ever seen a Regency lady bang into anyone. Yeah, (laughs) actually, that's a good point. I get it now. That's funny. Should we move on to predictions? Because I think this is going to be really juicy. You go for it. Okay, I think that Edwina and Lord Somerset are going to get together. Now, is Lord Somerset the one that Anthony got to distract Kate? Okay, yeah, why would you think that? Because when they were sitting at the races and Kate and Anthony were bantering, the guy says something like to Edwina, I don't think we're going to be able to get them to stop. I think they're just joking. And Edwina says, I hope so. And I thought that they were like the parents moderating the children's behaviour. And I just thought, oh, that could be quite cute. And why not? Yeah, why not? Maybe he's going to be a new character. Maybe we we do need some new characters, perhaps. I think we need some fresh meat, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what happens with those two. I've just still got the same one from last time, which is that I still think Eloise and the coachman are going to become a thing. I'm still calling it. I thought that too, but I think her and Theo, the newspaper guy, are going to get together. So maybe this is a... I don't want to ask a question in our Facebook group because there are people who've seen the series and they'll just be like, tell us the answer. But Yeah, we're a bit behind, aren't we? Yeah, we'll have to see, though, who who wins. Um, Mm -hmm. So I had that in my predictions that I think... I did say that I thought there was a love interest developing between the her and the carriage guy, but then I think now that the other guy's got gotten in hmm. um mm, 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 mm. oh no my predictions is that lady do you think lord featherington is going to kill off mama featherington how can he kill her how can he not <laughs> <laughs> not sure this is going to turn into a murder mystery <laughs> but he could just, Bridgerton. i just i'm concerned because he's giving um Lord Featherington is giving necklaces to, was it Lady Culper? Yeah. And now I'm thinking, oh, blimey. So what, is he going to displace Mama Featherington? Put her in a carriage and put her in a, what's it called, a monastery or something? I I can see why Lady Featherington's really worried because at the moment she's Lady of the House. As soon as he marries, she'll become Lady of the House. And it's like, what will her role be? She'll just be... Mm having to knit in the housekeeper's room by the fire like she won't have a role she'll be surplus to requirements so I honestly think that he'll just ship her off to a nunnery I hope not I really like Featherington and I my I think my hopes of her getting with him and then becoming a romantic thing is probably not going to happen yeah I feel like he's not interested in her at all and then when she tries Mm. to position herself of power and says oh you'll need someone that can help navigate you he says oh I'll let you know when I found them so he clearly holds her in very low low regard if that's the same yeah I don't like that he hasn't even given her a chance or something might happen that throws them together into a situation in which she really really helps him and then he might change his mind like that they might be leading into that because at the moment he's quite he's got quite a lot of animosity towards her and I kind of like why why won't he even give her a chance so maybe he knows something about her past that we don't or maybe yeah maybe he knows how unhappy the other Lord Featherington was and he resents her but I'm getting the vibe that he wants to get rid of her he's married off 
Philippa, so she'll be out of the house. Yeah. It's not looking good, is it? Yeah. I'm I'm worried for her. Because Lady Culper, if she becomes the new lady of the house, she's not gonna want Lady Featherington there. Oh my exactly. word. What if he tries to marry off Mama Featherington? That yeah. I don't know how much control and power he has over her though, to be fair. Complete control, I think, doesn't he? Mm. Isn't that why know. she's freaking out and she's trying to get in a position of, oh, I can help you out, you know, I can be useful to you. She's freaking out because she has no value, which is really sad. Like I mm. I don't think she's got no value, but from his perspective, I'm thinking, is is she is she gonna get married off? Would he have control to do that? Would he have the power to do that? But then she must have a family or she might have a family, I'm assuming. Lady yeah. Featherington might be able to call on some relatives for support. I really don't know. What if she ends up getting find sh- out? Maybe she'll get shift, shipped off to the farm like Marina was when she got pregnant. Mm. So, Maybe. Not Do you have any more good. predictions? Not looking good. Um, mm, no. Do you? No, that was it. So we did a bit of a Facebook poll, didn't we? Because Wait, I've got questions. Okay. Before we talk about the questions and before we talk about last episode, is there anything that you want to say before we move on? No. Okay. So, um, Kate dresses in a beautiful dark navy shimmery blue dress at the start of the episode. And then she wears the same dress when they walk around the races. I feel like she's wearing evening wear. And I was just wondering, yep. what what was the etiquette or the difference between evening and daytime wear? Because it felt a bit eveningly to me. I had the exact same thought when I saw her walking through the races. Um, I thought that like an evening dress, because just because it was shiny fabric and it was quite, yeah. Um, but then again, color. maybe it's like how we dress up for the races now. You're supposed to dress up almost in evening wear. So maybe it was the same thing then, but... No one else really looked that overdressed, did they? No. And then I was wondering if it was a prelude or it was, um, it was what's it called when they suggest something that's going to happen in the future? Foreboding. I don't, yeah, foreshadowing. It was, it's foreshadowing the fact that she's out of step with society because she does the whistling and the arguing and the shouting, which is forbidden. I almost wonder if that was like a bit of foreshadowing as if to say she's a bit of out, she's a bit out of step. She doesn't get how things are done. In the last episode, you know, she left the party early. There were things that she doesn't quite get. You know, we see her losing her temper, bumping into the butler. So I just wonder if that's why she was put in that dress to show that but she's I, a little bit out of step. I also think that Lady Danbury wears a very similar clothing style. So Lady Danbury never wears pastels. And she also wears a lot of those fabrics that look kind of shiny and silky and satiny and a lot of the similar colours to Kate. So I think it's supposed to represent women that are like confident and bold. Um, I think probably that's more to do with it. It's a personality thing, kind of what we talked about in the last episode, isn't it? Mm. Whereas like people like Daphne will wear lots of pale colours. So like all the nice like ladylike demure people, yeah, will wear those nice pale feminine colors yeah true okay so I was gonna ask you actually what you thought of the queen's wig because we see her wearing a blue wig what were your thoughts on that I my first split second thought was oh my god that's really silly but the more I looked at it I was like yeah, I actually really like it I thought it was quite beautiful yeah I thought it was gorgeous and originally I thought oh that's really historically inaccurate because they used to use hair powder from like starch or um but white was seen as the the most the best quality, wasn't it? So I did a little bit of research, and although white was the most popular color, there were other other shades. So they used brown, gray, orange, pink, red, blue, and violet. So that I thought that was pretty cool. I never knew that. No, same. So learnt something there. Um, I wanted to ask you. Why is Anthony acting so annoyed and frustrated towards Kate? Because I really don't feel like he's acting appropriately to a lady of her standing. Because he's used to getting what he wants and she's the only person standing in the way of that. And she's not even giving him a chance. Like She's completely denied him access to the diamond. He doesn't like that. It and is he still... thinks he's entitled to the diamond, for which we thought was quite arrogant, didn't we? And cocky and egotistical. Yeah. 
okay, I just still feel like he doesn't talk to her in a very appropriate, kind way. He talks to her as if she's his sister, you know, that, that kind of very um, familiar way. Um, I don't pick up on that. I think she's being very rude and confrontational with him and he's just responding to that. Okay. And sometimes yeah. he's even laughed because he's been like quite surprised at how upfront she is. Okay, so then maybe that helps him to be more upfront too. Hmm. Okay, so before we uh, move on to thoughts from the last episode and the poll that we did, you were going to mention about your Regency newspaper, Chris. All right, yeah. So um, if anyone listening wants to get your own kind of like Lady Whistledown Regency style newspaper with lots of gossip and articles about balls, if you check out the link in the bio, you get a 10% discount for listening to Bridgerton Bitches. It's like an actual Regency newspaper, isn't it? Like, and it's got all sorts of things like adverts and all sorts of things. Is that right? Yeah, so it's like a mix of Jane Austen and Bridgerton. um, And there's a whole section um of a gossip sheet exactly like lady whistledowns which is really fun cool amazing lovely okay excellent stuff so um yes what were you saying about our last episode chris so last episode we were in disagreement weren't we like you were team danbury and you were like no she's being really nice and she's been great to the sharma sisters whereas i was like i hate the fact that she's quite rude to them and controlling and i didn't like how she was treating them Mm -hmm. so we did a poll on facebook to see what all the listeners thought and they were all team Danbury, like nine out of 10 people agreed with you. So mm. fair play. I'll have to back down on that one. People feel <laughs> like Lady Danbury is being really kind and supportive and that Kate is actually being quite rude and dismissive of Lady Danbury. So yeah, and there were some good comments as right. well. People were like, at the end of the day, like it's Lady Danbury's house. She's doing them a favor. So yeah, totally agree there. Um, very validating for me. Uh, yep you yeah. won I was quite shocked like pretty much 90% of everyone that replied um I was shocked so too. if you're listening to this come to our Facebook page Bridgerton, Gir- uh, Bridgerton Girls isn't it because we're not allowed to put the b word on Facebook um, and let us know was Anthony truly in love with Sienna because that's not the story that's playing out in this no. series um, I think yes what do you think that I think yes as well I'm really confused although I was speaking to my friend um who was talking about this and she does think that their relationship was toxic so mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't so much love it was more lust but I've written down some of the questions that you and I have raised today so we'll we'll post some of those questions on before the next episode is released so do get involved there was a couple of other things as well so you might have been wrong about well you might have had a, an, an unpopular opinion about Lady Danbury but I think I was a little bit wrong as well because in the last episode you said that Colin and Penelope were friends and I was like nah I don't think they're friends I think he sees her as not even a friend like just the sisters his sister's friend but I I did get the feeling from this episode that he does see her as a friend so I do feel like you're right thank you I was (laughs) correcto (laughs) <laughs> little wins isn't it Chris little wins yes we're one one now okay okay well we'll have to see now what people think about some of these other questions but yeah great well thank you for listening everyone and tune in next week for episode three thank you bye bye